0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public, free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom, and donate today. Visit www.realitycheck.radio donate.
1: Kate Mason has an extensive background in welfare and community development. She's spent the last three years researching global narratives that are leading us toward a dystopian world of surveillance. Writing at Substack, Kate is a member of Community Voice Australia, which advocates for government and public-private partnership transparency. And we're here to talk about something we've talked about here before, and there's a kind of a a link here, managed retreat. Um, So, Kate Mason... Welcome to Reality Check Radio. Welcome back to my show, particularly our breakfast show. Nice to have you on.
0: Thank you, Paul. Lovely to be here.
1: Now, I am I think I have it right. You heard maybe an interview from this program, which would have been, oh, I don't know, towards the end of last year, let's say. And that was with a resident of uh, Kapiti Coast, which is north of Wellington, about uh, 30, 40 Ks. And the issue of really under the heading of managed retreat that they were facing. There were properties in that area that had been kind of uh, put in uh, danger zones for flooding and for coastal erosion, et cetera. And uh, they were finding that, um, well, the council were were pushing them on this, that uh, in Lim reports, uh, which is very necessary for you know uh, buying and selling of property. That uh, these hazards were being listed there. It was affecting property values, and people were reporting at that time. And it's since increased and in more places, starting to become a real issue. Uh, problems with getting insurance, and affecting house settlements and loans, and uh, and crikey all of those things. So it's interesting. You heard that. When you heard that, what did you go and do?
0: Well, I got very alarmed and because nothing is happening in any any country organically. So um I went and looked at the Australian government and managed retreat and, and just what was happening there and found that it's all was this. So this was about a month ago. So I found it was all sitting there in government documents. Managed retreat, climate risks, climate assessments. I found on the World Economic Forum the Climate Council of Australia's paper, Uninsurable Nation, One in 25 Homes Uninsurable in Australia by 2030. Had a look through there at their mapping. They've got a map in there that you can press on and put your postcode in, realise that a huge chunk of New South Wales will be potentially, un- is at high risk according to their modelling. And, um, and so just went on from there to look at you know, that it's actually just sitting there. So that's what happened then. So that was about a month ago. Then I went to my local council. They had a a waterway, I, I can't remember the exact title of it, but they're looking at their plans for the water. So I live near the coast. So they're looking at their waterway planning and managed retreat was up on the board. So this isn't anything I'd never, I mean, I'd kind of heard about managed retreat, but suddenly it's, it's front and centre and nobody really registered in the room, but I saw it on this slide and I went up and asked, I went up and asked the council people and state government people that were there what modeling do they rely on um, and and just to get you know really clear. and they were really excited I was asking about managed retreat because no I don't think anyone knows about it, so they thought that I might be really into it. but i I, I
1: like I, positive supporting it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no they're super positive. they're super like you know so they've
1: sh- been persuaded someone's come along and sold them, and I don't like to use the word or the term brainwashing but you know there must be for people to be so enthusiastic because that seemed to be the case back here the council people who were representing at these meetings which was really a persuasion effort on the locals really believed it yeah it's like yeah. they'd been programmed you know
0: yeah and i asked um i asked the fort i asked the state government person, how they're assessing this. And he said it's off Fort Denison. So they have water where they, I said, how do you know about the ocean rising? What What, what are you using? And he said, Fort Denison, three millimetres a year rise for the last 100 years. And so I, I challenged him because oh, I've no, been.
1: Well, no, three three millimetres, um, people can't year. see, but that's about, <laughs> that's yeah. about the, the the thickness of one of those cheese slices or something.
0: Yeah, for the last 100 years. Yeah, 100 years. And um, I asked someone at council what their modelling was. They said the CSIRO, which is our scientific body, and they actually, I don't know what year it was, there was big controversy there because the CEO of the CSIRO um, fired, like probably around 2020, 2019, he fired a huge amount of scientists and said we're done with climate change modelling, we need to go to climate change mitigation.
1: Oh, so that, as far as they were concerned, that was all bag tag, done, done. Yep, done. No more debate required. No. Wow. Gee.
0: So I had all of this on my radar. I argued. I didn't. I argued with the state government guy. I said, "You, you do know about Rockefeller and the natural asset markets, which I'll probably get to talk a little bit about later, where they want to trade nature and put it on the stock market, which I think is going to be what they're going to do with the land once we once we're pushed off it." Because so it's it began, all. This is the
1: other thing. I to keep butting in, but it's all great land. Yeah, it's the land that people want to be on. You know, it's coastal. It's yep. you know, and, and lovely little valleys and stuff like that. It's the land people just coincidentally. The land I know. people like
0: it is, and there's more coincidentally. I'd like to talk about with my area other plans that are coming in that I think are linked.
1: Well, so- we'll go go for that, and then maybe talk about um, that other point.
0: You know. Yeah, so so the I think it came out on Friday. The state disasters in New South Wales, Australia, state disaster mitigation plan twenty twenty four to twenty twenty six, and they're taking a multi hazard technical risk assessment um, towards this plan. So that means they look at all the risks that you, it could possibly happen, and then bundle it all together for your area right. and then assess yeah. how much how much trouble your area is in. So it's all just expected. It's it's sort of an insurance company's definition of an average annual loss, and it's it's an expected um, loss. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. Um, so you know it can be, as I was saying to you before, it can be low risk, low risk, low risk for bushfire, low risk for flooding, low risk for whatever else. But it can ta- all of those risks are com- compounded until you get into a medium to high risk layer. Yeah, but they all have to happen at the same time. Not necessarily. They don't seem to say that. Oh, okay. All right. It's just so. What are the
1: chances of that anyway?
0: Yeah, I know. So then they talk about how this all needs to come down to strategic land use planning and um, this needs that difficult decisions are going to be made. Um, And then we get in, we had a quick look at the, so a New South Wales reconstruction the new south wales reconstruction agency was formed i think authority was formed in december 2022 and they sit under the act so the new south wales reconstruction authority act was made in 2022 so i had a quick look through about what they're doing so they've got the they've got the obligations of looking after disaster prevention preparedness and adaption, and then the recovery and reconstruction following the disasters and disasters are natural disasters: bushfire, coastal hazards, cyclones, earthquakes, floods, heat waves, landslides, severe. Oh, heat waves! Heat, heat, heat waves. waves! Yeah. Mm, okay. Tornadoes yeah. and tsunamis, and the, so that—that's what they do. So they are all about
1: locusts. Have they got that locust?
0: <laughs> no, they don't have locusts.
1: Oh, okay. I missed that one.
0: But okay. they can then. But they're also tasked with the recovery, which to me would be working hand in hand with developers to create resilient housing to stack and pack us <laughs> into resilient housing. Oh,
1: I got it. Yeah, all right.
0: And then, yeah, so, and then, so
1: they're involved in all from from beginning to end in the whole chain,
0: they right are, up to
1: to building new dwellings, different sort of dwellings on once prime land that people have basically been drop kicked out, out of.
0: Or just like you know, twenty kilometers away from the coast. Yep. <laughs> I would imagine. So they have the right to direct local council, and they will work with private corporations. So they just set all of this up, and they have a fund, you know, that they co-investment plans with, you know, the the perfect public-private partnership. Okay, so this oh. is uh,
1: this is um, government coming or, or um, state coming together with corporations. There's the definition that covers that, by the way.
0: Yes, which is supposedly really, really good for us now. Used to be something we worried about, but now it's front and center. And corporations are more trusted than government, and we should just trust them to look after us. Um, so, yeah, so they can they can compulsory acquire land, um, office, and they can then sell that land. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this is all in the Act. So they've just got complete
1: power. And can override council. So you got your representation means nothing in the end, obviously.
0: No, they direct council. So they go on to say, and then, of course, it's got all the building codes and standards are being implemented, which, of course, makes housing much more expensive to buy, but then you also have to retrofit your house. So not only is your insurance going up steadily because they might have just clamped something down on your area as being, you know, really high climate risk. So you're going to have really high insurance if they even let you live there. And then you've also got to retrofit your house. So, you know, land taxes are going through the roof here as well, people's cost of living as it would be in New Zealand. So you're just squeezing a whole bunch of people out of the market as well. Well,
1: maybe they don't want people owning it. Maybe they want you renting it and being happy. I, I think that is exactly what they want. So ownership is, is like a dying
0: concept now. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. And they talk about large-scale managed relocation. So this isn't small. They're what, saying... tens, hundreds power. of
1: thousands, kind of big haven't population. Given a number,
0: we'll find out mid-next year as to that's when their policy will come out as to what they what this planned, you know, management will look like. Um, yeah, so, so it's, it is very disturbing. It's happening very, very quickly now. Where I live on the central coast is the number one risk, number one most. Oh, risk.
1: Oh no, you're in the you're <laughs> you're in like the epicenter, are you?
0: I'm in the epicenter, which is just coincidentally. Um, in in the transition to being transformed into a global mega smart a global smart mega city.
1: Oh gosh you got that too.
0: Yeah, we got that too and I, I I think they're working hand in hand actually. so so that's where we're up to that's kind of where where I've gotten up to and then I've just had a look at some of the think tanks that are behind you know think tanks and funders who are behind.
1: Yep, the experts paper.
0: the experts, the industry experts. So yeah, that's that's where I'm up to. But there's a lot that, so impact. so
1: is there any pattern there? Anyone that anyone's ever heard of, yes. or have made stunning um, uh, contributing announcements for the good of humankind before?
0: Yes, there's some big players behind it. So we have we have the Committee for Sydney, which I can hardly find anything out about. But they formed in 2003. But they're an urban policy think tank that advocates for the whole of Sydney. Um, and they have their memberships are people like Amazon, Banks, um, the big four consultancy corporations, Jacobs, which is involved in your in New Zealand's mitigation, you know, mitigation plans. Housing companies, you know, building companies, infrastructure companies, energy companies, CSIRO, um, and then local councils, non-government organisations, they're all in there. There's about a list of, I don't know, 80, 100 partners in there, and they're opening it up to global partners as well. I mean, they're already global partners in there, but they really want to have more global partners but they put out a paper, um, Committee for Sydney paper defending Sydney, adaptive planning for today's flooding and tomorrow's climate risks. I couldn't find when they put that out, but they referenced the New South Wales government mitigation plan. And that was that that paper was completed in partnership with infrastructure consultancy firm, insurance, an insurance firm, and resilient Sydney. So I'll come back to Resilient Sydney because they're massive players in all of this, as they would be in New Zealand so they talk about i mean they talk about a lot of things but that they that preparing plans to reduce the impact of floods and other disasters will require Trade-offs between and within communities, and decisions by service providers about when and how to invest. So that we need all this investment in, and it's going to be some trade-off between the commun- between and within communities. Now I don't know what that means, but I don't. Yeah, what think does that bode well? Uh, you know, there's a lot of not knowing really what's being said. But what is a trade-off, and who's making that decision about the trade-off? Um, it'll be the corporations investing, of course.
1: Yeah, The... the- the um, scary thing, it is a little bit scary, um, is that, um, you know, that um, that Sydney um, NGO or whatever um, that you just mentioned before, yeah. it's been around since 2003, which means this is, is, is my reptilian brain working. This has been worked on for a long time. <clears throat> the on-ramp to this has been decades in the making. No wonder you take a look and you realize everything's in place. This has been uh, – do you, do you think I'm right in that? Is that- I,
0: no, I think you're 100% right. I think, you know, there's some – I'm still getting my head around it. I'm now honing in on the planetary health model by Rockefeller um, because oh, okay. I think all – Planetary system- health. Yeah, planetary health model. I think everyone needs to get really clear about the planetary health model. It all sits under this with the climate change. And and I'll get on to, because I mentioned Resilient Sydney, they are Rockefeller yeah. funded oh. and Rockefellers, a lot of the stuff I'm looking at now, I'm going Rockefeller, Rockefeller. You know, all the different elements of what's coming in um, are very much around Rockefeller. Not saying Rockefeller's the only player.
1: Yeah, but that's if there's lockstep. It'll be coming from somewhere
0: it's it's definitely all coming from somewhere so this this um city this sydney committee they you know talk about land use needing to be changed um and that they talk about what you talked about before that a planning certificate at the moment in australia we don't have it only provides information on planning controls but it doesn't, and they're talking about it needs to actually have on there your, your certificate about any potential climate risks in your area, which, of course, will then be very problematic for people. There's your now. trade-off. <laughs> now, these guys, so I, I mentioned how we're becoming a global megacity, so these guys, the City of the, no, they're not City of Sydney, the Committee for Sydney, they actually were part of, I, I came across just now because I've been looking at this. Six, so we're part of a six cities region which goes for hundreds and hundreds of kilometres and we're all like six different areas. So the client, uh, the Central Coast is one of the six and we are going to be like a food, uh, agri-food area. Oh, it's uh, already
1: been mapped out, has it?
0: Yeah, we're going to be health we're going to be a few things. I can't quite remember all of them, but every – so Parramatta area will be the IT hub area. Uh-huh. So we've all got like these different things. So we're – traditionally the Central Coast is the food hub for um, Sydney. So they're just going to take this up a notch into, um, I would say, the completely synthetic food that we're going to be growing – we're going to be have the synthetic food. Wow.
1: That, that's so – the planning is – well, it's beyond what I even thought. It's
0: very comprehensive. It's very comprehensive. So these guys are saying they actually were behind the six cities. That, that was their idea. Oh, okay. Thing. So so here's where I'm starting to go, okay, now I'm starting to understand the six cities model more. Right. And it's all this climate change. So we're going to, so where the central coast is, we're very, we've got a lot of bushland still. We're not developed like Sydney. So you could actually do a whole raft of development here and actually move people into to a bigger complex.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: They call me a conspiracy theorist, but that's just the, that they're the little dots that are starting. Well,
1: well you know, if it's that, that's where it takes you.
0: Yeah, that's um, where it takes me to, and it's what they're saying. You know, they that's what they're saying when they say this big, this big think tank who sets out, you know, gives policies to government. Um, and the government, I reckon, they're, the government's New South Wales government's plan is pretty much these these guys' plan. Yeah, they've just yep. you know whatever else. So, so you've got them, and they said they're behind the six cities idea, which is a smart mega city. We've and we've got Amazon that's just moved in, you know, to our local area. So, you know, you
1: got all your local businesses. Yep. Um, the the thing about it though is. It's it's all based on climate, isn't it? In the end, is that is that the that's the golden key, right? Because that's what is being held over as the threat, the disaster threat all the time. It's yeah. it's um, more um, extreme weather events, heat wave. Um, you know, there's been some awesome flooding. No wonder people worry about um, weather generation and where that comes from, because that would be a useful tool in this. That's yeah. another conversation, mm-hmm. but. Um, um, it, it's so well thought out. It doesn't feel good. I'd, I'd have to say it feels no, no. quite si- sinister. And surely the climate—that's their—that's their vulnerability to to um, making all this work, isn't it? Because if people believe that there is that climate problem, they'll accept all this, won't they?
0: They will. Look, and the other thing for me because I, I very much care about the natural environment, like I think most people do. Um, <clears throat> and so I you know, I spent a lot of last year trying to fight them putting poison, all, they killed all the bees in New South Wales, and then they put poison down everywhere. And I spent last year trying to fight that with another group, and I was just like, why do people not care about poison and poisoning the whole environment, and then, and then they want to talk about the climate? You know, We have the same
1: wild. thing here. Yeah. we I don't know if you're aware we poison for possums which is your oh, do know. <laughs> one of your um you know um uh, indi- uh well, indigenous species um and uh, we have um lovely bush out there and again it's the same kind of construction of of an argument you say well the the um the natural forest uh, is or Bush is they just it's crammed full of possums they're eating everything well actually no it turns out one possum per square kilometer at the most concentrated so what we can't put people in in the bush because it's too much of a physical effort and you know there's it's it's hard to reach etc so what we do is we drop 1080 poison 1080 is the most poisonous substance in the world into the bush right and then you've got environmentalists supporting it and they'll say and this is there's no logic in it they'll say well they'll believe that we can't get in there physically and it's the only thing we can do and they'll put up a like a wall in their thinking that there's no way that um uh, you know uh, native species of bird and 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 all the other critters um, they're not going to touch this stuff so that's all right now they get wiped out as well okay of so
0: of course they do
1: what can you do you know
0: I don't know, but it's it's like it just nothing makes sense really on on a certain you know if you just even look around, but the other part like I think it's really important. So Rockefeller funded um, the Resilient Cities Network, and we became so that became Sydney and Melbourne, and I think there's I think maybe it's you know one of your cities in New Zealand, but I haven't looked at that. But they've got that 100 Cities initiative, and that was formed in 2013. And so this has this, this also crafted this resilience model that's coming in and when they talk, I just want to get their definition of resilience because... Yes, please, please. Okay, so so this is from the Res- Rockefeller City Resilience Framework 2014. It moves away from traditional disaster risk management, which is founded on risk assessments that relate to specific hazards. Instead, it accepts the poss- the possibility that a wide range of disruptive events, both stresses and shocks, may occur, but are not necessarily predictable.
1: Wait on. <laughs> That's their definition. <laughs> I, I might get out of bed tomorrow morning. Then again, I might. I might not. You know, I, I, might, know. I might. I might. But
0: they don't even have to have the. They don't even have to really prove it under that definition.
1: That's just making it
0: up. Yeah, I know. It's just making stuff up.
1: Crikey. Okay, so do you see um, any big waking up happening here? Uh, It's starting to to sort of happen here a bit, only because people are starting to realise it head on. And they're like, wow, okay, got to deal with this. But um, hmm.
0: well, we're going to piggyback off your under community voice because I'm very thankful that you've got two groups already set up and looking at the the modelling and and working on that. So I really appreciate that. So we will be um, working under community voice because we will take this on as a project. This is massive, and yep. um, and so we'll be working in part. You know, we'll we'll do what we can, and and I just really thankful someone's ahead of us in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. I don't think i put up three different articles about it and you know some Facebook posts. I'm not getting much traction on it. It's like I would have thought people would be screaming about this.
1: Yeah, I don't either. understand why they don't.
0: Well, um, I think if they don't do this, don't do it about this, then I think there's not much else they're going no. to do it about after no. that. Yeah.
1: And the other thing of course is um you know, the other lever there is is the denial of insurance. Uh, that's that's a trump card.
0: Yeah, you can't, and then you can't sell your place for very much, can you?
1: No, and or you can't buy another place unless you can have insurance. It's starting to happen here for people. They're starting to realize, you know, they're closing in on a deal for a house, and oh, um, I can't get insurance. The bank is saying, "Well, if you can't get insurance, hmm. so crikey, okay." Um, so on on the pessimism meter, Kate, where's the needle for you?
0: Um. About whether or not they can do it? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, but everything's in place now. It's all, all the pieces seem to be kind of in place. Um, Yeah. People aren't very well informed, you know.
0: No, they're not. We've got a year before they're going to bring up their managed retreat policy to try to get, you know, this on people's radar. Not
1: not very far.
0: No. So I don't know, but I think it's worth a go.
1: Of course. Okay. That's
0: my that's my thing. I I mean, the more I've looked, you know, over the last few years, a couple of years ago, I went. I need to work out what the hell's going on. You know what what's happening, and so I have spent the last two years absolutely looking as and getting as, you know, like as getting as much as I can over what's the global arena. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I guess we've got only a couple of things. You either be scared and you don't put your head up and you don't say anything, <clears throat> and you just try to, you know. And, and that also could be clever. You just sort of go, I came stand under the radar and try and navigate my way around this. You,
1: you won't be able to, though.
0: No, no, that's not. That's, the that's the manoeuvring
1: room space will be very small.
0: No, and also now that they've, they've got the capacity to move you off any land they want yeah, to with right. climate change. So, yeah. yes, so I just think whatever, you know, I'm, I'm in there and I'm going to keep banging away, basically. And I really think the thing that I've come to now is that, if we can at least give the message, don't turn on each other, you know. Don't allow them to divide us and use the divide and conquer thing. So the next time they really frighten people, we actually don't scapegoat each other. We actually stay yeah. together as a as a people and keep our humanity and our you know and our I don't know. Don't let them do it to us. Yeah. And and then we have to keep an eye on who's actually benefiting. I mean Rockefeller. 30 I think it was 30 billion dollars in profits last year. I mean seriously, are we going to all turn on each other and allow these guys, you know, to be to be managing us all behind the scenes?
1: Well, we turned on each other to varying degrees recently.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I hear know what
1: you're saying. It's good advice. Mm. All right, I'm um, nice to chat with you Kate. Thanks for coming on. Kate Mason, Australian blogger and activist and member of Community Voice Australia. And uh, if people want to get to your substack, Kate?
0: They can can just search Kate Mason substack. It'll come up.
1: Okay. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. Do you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to? Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to hear from you, so connect with us today.